Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Business of Music podcast, where we teach you everything you need to know about owning and growing a music business. My name is Elliot Towsley, and my business partner, James Landry, and I are your hosts. Shoot us an email to contact at denovoagency.com so we can answer your questions on our next podcast. And to learn even more, subscribe to our YouTube channel and sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Business of Music podcast. Cool. Welcome. Episode 34, you said, of the Business of Music podcast. Elliot, how are you doing? I am doing well. Yes, I think this is episode 34 of the Business of Music podcast. We do these sporadically, but we've done 34 full episodes. 33, I guess, this being 34. How are you doing? Hopefully we'll make it through this one and get another full episode. That's right. Well, it's weird now because before I could look at my computer and actually like see you, and now it feels like I'm doing some obscure news <laughs> interview where I'm just like looking at a ring of light. And I don't know if it's just you there or there's a million people watching. Who knows? Either way, I'll probably ramble the same dumb shit. Yeah, I didn't think about the fact you're literally looking at nothing. You're just... I, there's nobody in here. I can't see the computer. I'm just hoping that it all works. <laughs> Sitting in here talking to myself in a big empty room. And now I've set it all up. So I've got room behind me. And I had to rearrange my whole apartment for this. So I hope it is uh, worth it. <laughs> Shout out to the guy at Best Buy who hooked me up with the light. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys Elliot's new uh, layout here. He put a lot of effort in for all of you who all watch him you. on YouTube. All 71 um, the of you. The are gonna, you're all going to have to go on YouTube now and see if you like Elliot's new setup better than it's his like, old. Oh, oh, you both are here. Thank you. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. Actually, some of these podcasts get like two or three hundred views a piece. And uh, let's do a little tangent. Fuck it. I'll talk about that for a quick second. Um, like we've talked about this before, I think, like as a business, this is kind of one foot in music and another foot in just any old business. If you're looking to do a podcast or a YouTube channel. You don't need 10,000 subscribers, like 100, 200 people might tune into our podcast every time but it's one or 200 people who are the hottest possible leads there are or people who are already customers if someone is gonna sit and listen to me ramble for 25 minutes like when they're working out or when they're driving to work or whatever they're very much going to consider you know coming to me for whatever service it is that i do so if you're if you're making a business or if you have a business and you're worried that you only have 250 followers on your youtube channel you know, depending on the business, you don't need a million subscribers. I agree. I forget you can't see me. So I'm just sitting here shaking my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've gone on all right. audio cues here and just awkwardly not looking straight, but just slightly up and nodding. Uh, <laughs> I figured um, today we could talk about Chica some. Um, uh, yes. Chica, she what? Let me get her stats correct here, since you don't have a computer in front of you. She um, she was freshman class, uh, XXL's twenty twenty freshman class, nominated for a Grammy for best new artist, and oh, she wow. signed to Warner Records in two thousand nineteen. So it's all within the past year she's really uh, blown up as really a blown up. rapper. 
Um, Chica, she tweeted on the 12th, so just a few days ago of August, and uh, it got sent to me because she tweeted about her offer she first got from Scooter Braun. Um, Mm. Not to skip ahead, but Scooter Braun went to her when she first started to blow up and offered her $400,000 up front for a record deal. And she turned him down. Wow. She knew she was worth more than that and uh, ended up selling, signing for a million, she said to Warner. So she uh, tweeted a thread here. Um, I'm sure some of you have seen it. I'm not sure if you have, but it. she, if you haven't, go read it. We're going to go through some of it. But she starts off by just saying, don't believe the hype independent artist. Um, you don't need to pro- you don't need to promise fifty percent of your income or success in in the music industry to be successful and make money in music. Meaning, you don't need to sign your record label deal and give up fifty percent of everything you're making or everything you're ever going to make just to be successful in the long term future. Um, Really, she what she's getting at is she doesn't think independent artists need labels to be what she declares as successful. Now, mm. she did sign to her label, but she, I think she's trying to hint at telling independent artists, don't jump the gun. Don't go sign to the first person who offers right. you $100,000 just because. Um, usually, if they're offering you money, there's a reason. If you believe in yourself, you have enough leverage or potential leverage or potential growth that you don't need to jump the gun. Um, she really is the very first tweet still. She's saying people are going to rebrand labels, um, which we're seeing now. They're not calling them record deals with a label anymore. Now it's like, oh, you can get a distribution deal. You can do all these other just weird name deals that are still record deals if you don't pay attention to the terms. Um, this first tweet I like the most probably just purely she's hinting at just because they call them something different doesn't mean it's not a record deal. It doesn't mean you're not screwed. It doesn't mean you're not giving up 100% of what you own um, just because it says distribution deal. Uh, right. The terms are what matter. So the first, we'll go through, and she says, here's what to do, she says, in order to be successful instead of giving everything up early. Um, build. Establish a presence on social media, not a persona because you're going to change as a person as you grow as an artist. Get a core fan base by being yourself or what you want to be known as, really. Um, if all else fails, those are the people that are going to keep your art alive. Well, I, I, we, I really like that. And we tell clients all the time, you know, there's a lot of people who put the cart before the horse and they're trying to chase what they think people will like rather than just be themselves and focus on what they like. Um, she's 100% right here. You know, the audience is either going to like you for you or they're not. And I don't know, I don't have any great examples off the top of my head here right away, but I know we all, if I say, think of an artist who portrayed themselves as one way, then you learned a piece of information about them and you're like, wait a minute, that's not what they're like in their song. And then you, you like, you change who you think they are. You, it changes the way that you digest the content that they're making. And the, she's 100% right. Like, don't be a persona because is that persona going to be popular for three months? Or be you. 
hone in on who you are as like, forget a persona or a piece of you, just be you because you're going to grow. Your fans are going to grow. And if you, if your fans learn that, wait a minute, this person that they're portraying is a persona. I thought they were being real with me. That's what music is all about. Connecting with an audience or like the audience connecting with the artist because they believe what they're saying. They think, wow, this person really did this or, you know, really felt this way. Uh, if they learn that the artist is more or less acting, uh, you know, kiss the fan base goodbye. Yeah, she kind of hints at to she she calls them partnerships here. She says labels and partnerships are built to bet on your success for the financial benefit. Um, if all they want you to succeed is because it's financially better for them, you're going to falter out eventually. Their marketing strategy isn't going to be as sincere or built come from the inside place, come from you. Um, I think we can even take this one step further. We always get artists asking us, well, this genre song I made really did good. I don't mm -hmm. really want to make it, but should I do another one? It's that same thing. Like, well, no. <laughs> if they're going to like you, they're going to like you for you. If they like you for that one style of music, you can make some money doing that one style of music, but you're never going to have that fan base of who likes you. Um, I always I always say Mac Miller because of how much he changed over time. People still were fans of him. I'm sure some people listened to kids and then hated his next few albums, never gave another one a chance because it dramatically changed. Um, Childish Gambino does a lot of different stuff. People are still fans of him. I'd even say Chance the Rapper isn't always the same. It does change. His style changes, and you're a fan of them because that's who they are. Um, so she does talk, talk about the conflicts it can, charge, uh, can create if the marketing team is trying to get you to succeed because of money instead of because they generally believe in you. Yeah, right. Well, how quick I think what's what this is making me think about is when she's saying, oh, you don't need a record label for success. And um, like what you're saying here with marketing and it, with them helping, what I'm thinking of is how quickly are they trying to get in and out? I think that's what the, the level is like. You don't need to be successful. It's tough. What's her definition of success? making the bare minimum of, okay, I can pay my rent and my groceries and I save $1 and I don't need to do another job. I'm a successful musician. Or is it, you know, what is her level of success? And I think if you're a persona and you're getting pushed by a, a label, they're going to push you hard and fast because they know the shelf life of a, the typical musician is like, two or three years. We're talking shorter than NFL running backs here. And so these companies are not saying, okay, if we start, let's develop this talent for a year and a half, then roll out her album. And then for, we're going to market this, this and that for another year and a half. And then in seven years, she's going to be, you know, top of the top. That's not what they're thinking. They're thinking she's hot right now. Let's juice, let's milk or let's squeeze this for every drop of juice we possibly can right now. And if she's still here in a year and a half, okay, we'll come up with something new. Um, so I agree with the premise, but I, in terms of what this is all kind of getting at is, is a label good for you? Even if it's a good deal, it's about speed. 
do you want to get there fast or do you want do you want to be in the game quickly and leave quickly do you want to take a while to get here stay for a while and really build an audience who knows you i think really the the speed in which you reach, reach this level of success she's talking to is really what is up for debate on in terms of fit if i think i know this is only the second tweet of the whole chain but like that's what we should I, like as an artist. I have a feeling. Yeah. I have a feeling she's tweeting this. She doesn't come out and say it, but she's definitely not happy with the fact she signed. She doesn't come out. She's not coming out and saying, like, this sucks. I hate that I signed. I think she's trying to make people realize that to be, depending on your definition of success, each individual's definition of success, the next tweet kind of gets into it is investing. Um, she's saying, the next tweet she says don't quit your day job until you can securely take care of your needs and then put after you can do that put every penny you make into your recording equipment manager and creating and selling merchandise and largely if you're at a level where you can create quit your day job you're in a amazing spot and there's no need to rush off and sign i think that's really the people she's targeting with these she's not targeting the person who just released the first mixtape from their closet yeah and right, has right. no one listening to them mm -hmm. like she's really saying hey look if you are able to quit your day job and invest in yourself in this stuff you don't need to rush and sign something there is no absolutely no need to run away sign away all your rights because it's not going to help you as much as you think because i think that's where she was before she signed i think she thought she needed to sign to get where she is right now mm -hmm. um I hold different tangent. I would argue if she didn't sign, she wouldn't have been nominated for a Grammy. Definitely. But that's political, not because like it doesn't mean she wasn't going to be making money, but politically, if you want to be up for a Grammy, you probably have to sign. Um, oh yeah. Same with <laughs> same with uh, the freshman class there. Probably have to sign to get up for that because there's money there, there's connections for all that stuff. But in general, she's saying she used Bandcamp. She worked a part-time job and she sold paintings that she made to make a recording studio in her closet. And that was while she had a small platform. She put small in there in parentheses, meaning she had probably a few hundred thousand fans, maybe 10,000 fans, 20,000 fans that listened to her music. And it paid her enough, bought some merchandise, and she did enough to not have to work every day full-time and invest in herself. Um, she followed that up with, as you grow, which is going to take time, it's much better. She said it's far better than depending on a label to market you and help you grow while expecting payback. It's better to take the time, she's saying, than it is to just sign away your rights to the label and let them invest money in you and you not make any money off of it because they want to get paid back before you do. That, she said that's when she started to get publishers and distributors approaching her. And if she's, this is the only time she says here anything about taking money. She says, if you're in a good enough position, you might be offered a small advance and you should take it if it's from a distributor or a publisher. And only if it's small because you have the traction to know that isn't something that will set you back financially or creative, creatively. So creatively. Um, Again, she reiterates, you don't need a label to do this. I think this whole thing, what she's trying to say is, look, you can get places, you can make it in music, you can have a fan base and make money in music, 
and just kind of keep moving by taking deals that aren't going to handicap you and stop you from, say, putting song three before song four on your next album or releasing next Friday without permission um, or doing a feature for someone else. Someone, this reminds me, I feel like we've worked with Grizzy Hendrix. I feel like this is, she's kind of talking to someone at that level of you have fans, they're buying your merchandise. Don't run away and sign just because. I know Grizzy signed before, so he'd be the first one to tell you probably the same thing. You don't need to sign. He went back to being at this spot. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with a lot of what she's saying. Um, it's just now I'm thinking it's such a broad getting signed a record deal. There's a so broad, you know, are you it's OK, let's compare it to the football. Are you the 54th guy who's barely on the team or are you the star receiver? Because you're both going to get a contract. One is going to be far better than the other one. It, it all depends. It's it's I'm t- I'm hesitant to paint every record deal under one brush and every label under one brush. But I, the premise of, you know, don't quit your day job until you're actually making some money and like be smart with your money, invest it, build your own. Like that is 100 percent correct. And the other thing I was thinking about from her perspective, I'm like, it's easy for you to say now, you know, okay, turn mm-hmm. down the million dollar record deal before say all this six months ago, don't take the money. Don't do this. Don't that's where, and I don't really know much about her, but it's just, some of these things are a lot easier to say now. Um, you had the option. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, don't do what I did. Don't take a million dollars up front like I did. Like, how many really, okay, nitpicking here. Like, what is the audience? What, what is the audience? You know, how many people are in that position where they are even in consideration for an, a, a million dollar up front? I think, I think seven, she takes a step back. 12 here. people? Yeah. I'm just saying. I, don't just, think she, I think she changes her order here. And this probably should have been before where we were just talking about. Um, the next tweet, she says, expand. Make sure you're consistent and intentional with everything you produce. That means don't burn yourself out by dropping song after song in close succession. Intention is key. Quality over quantity. Yes. My way of doing this was using Instagram and rapping verses. Boom. Well, I love that part. Yeah, I think that should have been before. I mean, that probably should have been the second thing yeah, she before. said. Yeah, before. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but we say this all the time. It's identical yeah. what we say. Be consistent with promoting, releasing something. She did Instagram verses. She wasn't releasing music every Friday. She was releasing content on Instagram so content. people would check her out. She was, I'm sure, promoting herself. She was investing in herself. She already talked about that. She was making merchandise. I'm sure that was consistent. She was intentional with what she did. She didn't just release music because she felt like she had to. Right. It was, oh, it's been 13 days and 12 hours since I released a song. I need to release one tomorrow. No, that's not a reason. There's no intent. Like (laughs) Your intent being it's Friday is not a good intent as to why, a good reason as to why you're releasing music. Mm -hmm. And I would argue just having it is not a good enough reason to release it. Um, a lot of people, that's yeah. as far as they think. I have a new song, period. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's my intention. I have a new song. And that's as far as they've thought. Yeah. 
I know I was guilty of that when I was doing music back in the day. Like I 80 or 90% of my budget and focus went on making the song and then I completely winged it after. And it, it should have been completely flipped. Like, you know, I should have said, okay, I've, I made these songs. I got 10. Here's my favorite one. I'm going to go all out and learn how to fucking market all this shit. Now that I've got all this product, how can I market it? It would, it, what I was doing at the, it was the equivalent of, okay, I'm going to start a clothing store. And before I have a website, before I have a brand, before I have any customers whatsoever, I'm going to put all my money into product and hope that just because I have this product, it sells itself. And that's what people do. That's what I did without even realizing it. Obviously, I wouldn't have sat and strategized that fucking idea. But what I ended up happening, she's 100% right. You don't need new music to reach new fans. And you can repackage content and your product in many, many different ways. If, if you can say, all right, I can go to the studio and I can make 20 songs but I won't be able to market more than one or two of them effectively. You got to find a healthy medium there where, okay, instead of making 20 songs, I'm going to make seven and then I can market the hell out of the first four and set myself up to release number five. And don't be the clothing company that puts all your money into making the product and no money into marketing the product to sell it and make your money back. Yeah, I think she's right about it. Now, I now this is where I start to think she she was probably tweeting this out of anger or <laughs> something, just like because the order. Are there any other kind of tweets? Yeah, there's a <laughs> the order of this definitely goes. You know, like oh, this should have got, probably gone before this. Um, so, in general, I think the. Be that middle area where we talked about not signing or not giving up percentages and stuff. This is where she brings it back up. I think this is a good time to bring it up. It's usually if you're doing things right, she says, that's when you'll be approached by managers, publishers, publicists, labels. Yes. And that's when this all matters. Like after you invest, after you're consistent, you're doing things right. That's when they're going to come at you because they can see there's a potential or you're already making money. And then she goes, this is what's important. We say it all the time too. Understand that you are the money. They want you. They want into what you are. It now, doesn't see, mean you've made it. That's where that's where she's wrong. It's not her. It's well, her audience. Her, her audience, but she, they have to go through her, get her percentages of what she has to get it is what she's implying. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's saying it, like, yeah, yeah. Play, your car, play your cards close to your chest with everyone who comes around offering help. They're offering help because they want a cut of her share. Right at that point, if you haven't signed with anyone or anything, you still have a hundred percent of everything you made. And also, that's when you start true. to get what was that? That's not true either. I mean, unless she's producing her own stuff and unless she's avoiding taxes somehow. Okay. Just, nip, but just nip, in general. Yeah. yeah. The premise of it is I didn't say she said that. I said it. Yeah. The premise uh, is you have 100% of your share, right? They want chunks. That's what a manager wants. Every manager wants 15, 20% of what you have, your money. Um, and the sooner you're aware that they want cuts of your money, 
not in, uh, even your business, I guess, is what we always say too. They're not just here to show up and be like, do nothing. Like they have to work for it. Yeah, that's why, I mean, I think all of those things should be based on performance, not time. Like we hear a lot of managers say, well, I spent so much time on this show and we only made $100. Shouldn't I get 20% of that? Like, well, no, it doesn't matter how much time you put into it. It doesn't matter how much money you spent on it. It's about the results, you know? I, and then I, here's where, go ahead. I, I get her premise. Like this, a lot of these things are like things we talk about all the time, but it's also, it's she, a lot of people do, we get caught up in this sometimes too. Like it's really easy to paint the record label as the bad guy every time. And it's really easy to say, oh, I shouldn't have taken the million dollar advance when you already took it, when you've already got all of the benefits of the record label working for you. Um, so it's just a great take, like take it with a grain of salt, you know? I mean, yeah, this is, that's what I was about to say for this too. Her, the way she ends it, like the situation she's describing here is something that I would say this is like, you're better off winning the lottery if you're listening to this right now than this happening to you most likely. Right. She's saying at first, if people approach you, their labels, they're going to approach you with lower money than your worth. She, and that's when she goes, Scooter Braun offered me 400000 I signed for a couple months later for well over a million. I mean, <laughs> anyone listening to this, if someone came up to you with $400,000 and said, sign, here you go, you make money if we make it back, most of you are going to say, cool, because what the yeah. label is doing is take you on the risk, right? Right. Um, you have to be in a special spot to actually say, like she's saying, but she say hold out as long as you possibly can, even though I don't think you should sign at all. I mean, it's easy for her to say at this point, like you were saying, she has a million dollars. She just said she signed for a million and over well over a million. She signed for. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, odds are she's tweeting all of this because she's upset about not being allowed to release a song or do something she wanted to do. Uh -huh. And she wishes she was independent because of that, not because of a million dollars. Right. Right, Most right. likely, like, she's not saying I wasn't paid enough. <laughs> she's just yeah. saying <laughs> they stopped me from doing things I want to do is kind of what the rest of this thing is like. Yeah. Just stay in touch with who you are and why you are making music. Yeah. So it I, sounds political. Yeah. If someone came to one of our listeners and offered $400,000, even $100,000 up front, unless you're making money off your music business, like you're making a few grand a month just consistently you have every right to take that money and oh, yeah. you're going to take the money with all knowledge of the label is taking all the risk on you yeah labels aren't coming in trying to screw you like you're saying like labels aren't going to offer you a hundred thousand dollars if you're making ten thousand dollars a month because they're like well you'd, you'd make more than that like we'll give you four hundred thousand five hundred thousand dollars a million dollars if you're already making ten grand a month because it's worth it. It's kind of like people selling their catalogs right now. People are selling yeah. all their music catalogs because you get the money up front. You don't have the risk. Yes, a label's going to make money off of you later, but you yeah. already have your money. Right. Probably <laughs> you after you die. Yeah. Because like yeah. they're holding on, they're buying, you know, Bob Dylan's catalog that hypothetically humans are going to be listening to for the next 200 years. And like Bob Dylan's never going to see that money anyway. Like screw it. He'll take the 300 million now. Um, the, I think the thing is, is 
what I'm kind of thinking about here now is, and like, I just like to play devil's advocate. Anyone who follows this shit knows that. I just like to say, well, hey, don't forget about this too. I agree with her premise. You know, don't rush to a record deal. You don't need new music all the fucking time just because like be, what's the word that you said uh, with, the, with the content? Be um, intentional. Yes, intentional. Be intentional with what you're doing. Don't just wing it because. Um, my, the, the perspective I want to offer here now is a lot of times we hear topics about like, oh, you know, they're not going to give you what you're worth right away. Okay. Is that exclusive to music? That's every business. If some guys looking to invest are like, oh shit, well, hey, right now I think you're worth what someone will pay for. That doesn't necessarily mean that that person gave you what you're worth. They're giving you what you're worth they, at that time. They think well, they're giving you what they think what they think you're worth. At, yeah, at that you, moment, you know, not okay. in ten years. Right, and so okay, let's compare it to the thing is in some way it's like buying a rookie Mickey Mantle baseball card. Someone somewhere will buy that for two million dollars. Does it have any sort of functional use that it's worth $2 million or is that just in the amount that someone will pay for it? Like, so if it's not like, Oh, scooter bronze, a cheap fucking ass, fuck him. Like what if this girl at the time had 20,000 monthly listeners and was more or less a nobody. And he was like, Hey, I really believe in you. I want to do this hypothetically. Here's, I'll give you a bunch of money up front. And then like what, eight months later, her business grows and grows and grows and she gets a million and she's even, she's trying to paint, this guy's an asshole. He didn't give me what I'm worth. Like you don't get all the details. So and that the only, clearly yeah. could have been what she was worth at the time. Like there's could, no that way. That could have been the best deal ever. For him, he could have said, no, you're worth this to me. And then someone else could have offered less and someone else could have offered uh-huh. more. Right. Like, it's and it not, could have been a year later. Like. Our business one year ago was worth X and now we've grown and grown and grown and now it's worth Y. So like is, if I, someone wanted to buy our, buy our company a year ago, is he a dick? Cause <laughs> he didn't give us what we're worth now. No. Yeah. I think it's independent artists, artists in general like to act like the labels are the bad guy until they get offered the deal. They get offered a deal. They sign, they'll act fine with it until they have one disagreement Mm-hmm. And they realize that a label is a business and they're operating a certain way and have the rights to restrict it. Then everything goes back to the label's an asshole. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you back my million dollars to go yeah. be independent. Uh-huh. But you guys, I can't believe you're stopping me from doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Labels it, are businesses. Yes. <laughs> they, everything, they're not offering money not based off of data and math. Mm-hmm. everything they're not just going to a bar listening to open mic and going that person's worth five hundred and fifty five thousand dollars and 68 cents they they're not doing that she likely had an audience i'm guessing Obviously. just off of off of experience i'm guessing scooter Braun offered her about two years worth of money up front for what she was making at the time if not more or what he thought he could make her with the thought process of she will recoup and then make more. And I wouldn't be surprised if his split was better than what she ended up signing because there was less risk. If he's offering 400,000, giving you 50, 50, and then Warner comes in with a million and goes 80, 20, 
would you rather have 30% more and take less up front? That, so it's exactly what you're saying. We don't have all the details. We don't right. know. That's but all I'm yeah. everything that a label is not a bad guy. A all label, if you're going to assign to a label, they will restrict some things you do. And you have to accept the upfront payment with knowledge that, hey, mm-hmm. I may not be allowed to record the song I want to record or release the song I want to record or go visit San Diego this week because I have to do a show in Boston. Right. <laughs> and I think where it gets interesting, where where it's not just purely business, is their music is inherently creative. The music is like a piece of the artist, right? So it's not just like, oh, yeah, I worked for three days and give me my money back. So that's where things get different. And I think that's people in that step where business becomes art and becomes a piece of you. A lot of people forget that it's business. And the I'm not trying to stick up for a label here and be like no independent artists are an idiot i'm i'm truly just trying to offer perspective and that when you're viewing these things as an artist if you go into it thinking no matter what the record label is a piece of shit it's it's the same as trying to go to if you're like i'm open-minded about my politics you're pretending to be open-minded with your politics. You go to a debate and you go into it thinking, no matter what this guy says, I think he's an idiot. Are you going to come away with a different point of view than when you went in there? No. So all I'm trying to say is that when, because we all, everyone knows stories of the record label being the bad guy. And a lot of times they are, or, and then now, okay, let me ask. It's not in a surprising way though. Yes, yes. I've yes. never heard a story from a record label saying, No, you can't go to your mom's funeral. You yeah, have to right. do a show. Like yeah. <laughs> we hear right. like I wanted to release a song and they wouldn't let me. It's like uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> like or or they're still owning my masters. Well, yeah, they did pay for the investment, they, right? They they, they paid them. for everything. For, you they sold bought them, them and then and then paid you to record them and you recorded them in their studio with their producer, with their microphone. Yep. Okay. Like we don't hear story I've I don't know of any stories off the top of my head. The worst record label stories I actually hear are from artists who have passed away and then yeah. the making of the album afterwards. That is when I have issues with record labels. Mm-hmm. I, you signed over. If you're signing to a record label, you're signing with all knowledge usually. Most people are signing with all knowledge they need to understand what they're signing at this point. You're signing away the masters. You're signing away and you're getting paid a bunch of money up front for letting them risk their time. Yeah. I think, I mean, there are a bunch of horror stories from like, you know, the fifties and sixties, especially like pre civil rights era of like, you know, white record label, dumb fucks taking advantage of like super talented, you know, Motown musicians or blues artists who like, you know, so, I mean, it's not like there are plenty of stories of shitty record labels within the music industry that have obviously painted the picture so much to the point that we're talking about it here. But I, I, I question sometimes in myself, I ask myself, at what point do I say you're the idiot? There are so many stories now. There is so much access to information as an independent artist. How could you possibly today Sign a record deal that you don't understand. How could you possibly do it? I don't understand it. 
Every there are so many stories. If you make music, everyone knows that the record label is painted as the bad guy. So today's day, how could you possibly go and sign a big label you don't understand? I don't get it. It it's by choice if you're doing it. It's absolutely just I don't care. I see money. I'm gonna sign it and take so the money. then. Is it the record label being the, to me, at some point, that is capitalism. This is the game that you wanted to play here in this country. This is, this is the way it is. If you're not going to read the terms, am I just going to give you a, an amazing deal because I'm a fucking nice guy? Or am I going to kind of say, hey, shit, okay, I was going to give, I was going to take 20, but shit, I'll take 30. Okay. It's business. And I understand, yeah, well, the relationship with your client and yeah, 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 yeah. But it's also business. And I just, th- there's a middle ground here where I don't feel bad for you. Like if, if you're an NBA player now and you make $30 million a year and in five years you're broke, I don't feel bad for you. Like how could you, have you not heard of Antoine Walker yet? Like everybody, <laughs> have you not heard stories of athletes getting a ton of money and losing it? Like Mike Tyson. Like had, I don't feel bad for you. Like, I'm sorry. If you got hurt or something and you lose out of money, that's a different story. But like, if you're just an idiot, I don't feel bad for you. If you, to, in, to, if you tomorrow sign an awful record contract, that's on you. 100%. Yeah. My guess is I know she knew exactly what she was signing. She's upset yeah, no doubt. because she was restricted from doing something she wanted to do. That's mm-hmm. it. She got paid money and... <sighs> I understand the viewpoint of you paid me money for my music. You should let me be me. Mm-hmm. And that's how we made the money before. But yeah. that's not how this is run. That's not how businesses are run. You don't get to get hired by someone like, say you get hired by Nike. Yeah. And then you, your first day of work, you get there and go, well, you hired me because this is how I am. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm going to wear like, my, this is me. Right. <laughs> Yeah, like, okay, I just got a job at corporate Nike as the VP of sales, and I'm going to come in with a tank top and a uh, fucking Nazi tattoo. You think they're going to still give me the job anyway? Just because that's how I, yeah. that's not how I am, but you, you get the that, extreme. That's example. who you hired. Right, that's just who you hired. Come on. It's like everybody knows the game. If you're going to be a big, it's just like, okay, if we're going to accept a sponsorship with a big corporation say we're doing a concert we're putting on a big concert and we want coca-cola to be a, a sponsor they have the leverage not us if we want their money we got to play by their rules if you don't want to play by their rules don't play period yeah get the money so on your really, own i didn't bring this all up to i know i know, know defend or attack yep. record labels right, either right. or we're not doing like i think we're both sides here like there's good bad as long as you understand what you're signing whatever as long as you understand that they're paying you to sign that piece of paper and you're giving up some rights when you do it whatever um you cannot like it you can like it you can stay independent more the reason i was bringing it up was she talks about building a brand Mm -hmm. that is you not just being who you think people want you to be meaning don't go out and rent cars to take pictures in front of them or rent private jets to take a picture on them and post on Instagram because you think that's what's going to make you famous as an artist. It's not. Um, it's not sustainable either. She talks about consistency, which is not releasing music. She's saying have a plan. It's no different than opening a gym. If you opened a gym, you'd have a business plan on how you're going to do it. 
what you're going to buy, where you're going to put it, how you're going to market it. You're not going to open a gym, for example, get people to sign up, and then just keep buying new equipment every week to get more people to sign up. Yes, it's not going to work. It's not sustainable. You're not going to be able to afford to do that. You know, open the gym. You're going to have some stuff in it. You're going to get a bunch of people to sign up. And then once you have members there, you know, hey, do you guys want this too? I have enough money now. Here's another piece of equipment. Here's another new song. Check this one out. And now that I have this new song and this new piece of equipment, maybe I'll get more people here. And then I'll do it again. And then I'll do it again. And I'll go to a bigger place. Selling tickets should be the same as selling songs. If you have to fill a venue, you have to get people in it. You have to give them something and get them in it. Not new stuff. Get them to listen to what you like. Listen to what you have. Yo, that's a great... Yo, okay. That is a great perspective. Like, okay, if you're going to put on a concert, like, the, like you can't just play new music that no one's ever heard. No. Maybe if you're Paul McCartney. Because you just keep releasing new music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like you're not know, you, every person you get is here's a new song of mine come check out all my new music not my old stuff if you can't get people to come see a show if you can't the same the difference it's the same thing if you can't get people to come check out your spotify profile or whatever apple music profile whatever profile you're trying to make your home base if you can't get people to come now just releasing something new isn't going to get them there. Just the same as, okay, if, you're, if I'm at a concert, hello, thank you everybody for coming. I'm only going to play songs you don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm only going to play new songs. They're like, they're there to see your old stuff too. It's yeah. the same. If you can't get them there with the content you have, they're not going to listen to whatever's new, period. Yeah, Kanye wasn't gonna fill a stadium with just new music if he wasn't <laughs> Kanye. Right. His all his old stuff's the reason people are there. And they're probably not even there for his most recent old stuff. They're right. there for his old, old stuff. Like, okay, let's see what this new stuff is. Now I'm interested in it. Uh, I'm not interested in the guy down the block releasing a new song or playing his own music Every at Friday. the bar I'm going to mm-hmm. that I've never heard before. Most of the time, because I'm just not, I'm not going to buy a ticket for that. If it's there, it's a whole different story. But yeah, you need to get people invested in what you already have before you think about new stuff. And she is talking about that. Like she mentioned, she used Instagram, right? That's how she showed people she could rap. Check me out. Check out my other stuff here. Look at my Mm -hmm. Instagram content. Here it is. Here's my content. Not here's me sitting on a, in front of a Ferrari that I rented that I can't drive legally. I literally paid to take a picture in front of it. Check right. out my new music. Here's a picture of me in front of a Ferrari. No one cares. <laughs> That's not right. going to get pretty much anyone to check out your new music. Yeah. Um, I do have a theory about what Kanye is doing with Donda. I think. Donda, where is it? <laughs> Donda, where is it, baby? <laughs> um, I have a theory that because Drake is supposed to be dropping his album anytime now. Mm-hmm. I have a theory that Kanye in somehow, some way is just trolling Drake <laughs> by because <laughs> like Drake doesn't want to put his album out at the same time, whatever week he puts it out and he wants it all to be Drake. Um, and I think Kanye is kind of just saying, ooh, ooh, <laughs> oh, 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 this week. Oh, never mind. Oh, when am I going <laughs> to drop it? And I think seriously, there's, 
about 10% chance that that is exactly what Kanye is doing. 90% chance he's just nuts. And I guess he's made a bazillion dollars off of Donda merch already. And like his streaming is up something like 60% or something just because people are looking for it. So um, I would say there's a slight percentage in there that he's just waiting for football season while he's living inside Mercedes Benz. So he's watching <laughs> games. <laughs> I really he's want... like, oh, if I don't release it, I can just <laughs> right. go on the I'll... sideline, hang out, walk back into my room. <laughs> this is my house. <laughs> Y'all are being loud. I'm trying to sleep. I'm trying to make Donda. I got to finish it. I don't know what voice that is, but uh, it's not Kanye. I would be interested. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go to the listening party when I was in Atlanta, or the second one either. I'd be interested in if anyone noticed changes. Is this just? Is right. he literally just streaming the same thing at two different parties, not changing a single thing and not releasing? I think it would go <laughs> towards your theory, because if he's not changing anything, it's the same exact album. Everything's the same. He's definitely just sitting there waiting for something to happen. Yeah, well, something he, like Drake releasing. Right. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, the next day, Kanye's album's out too. I wonder if yeah. that would be beneficial or not. I think that. I think it would hurt him. I think it hurts. Both. I do. That's I why do they think, don't do it. I don't think Drake has the younger audience that Kanye. Or, sorry. Drake doesn't. Kanye's audience is not as young as Drake's, I don't think. I don't think Kanye. You know what I mean? Drake consistently has that TikTok audience we talk about. I don't think yeah. Kanye has as much of it. I think it would hurt Kanye because then he's also com- just losing shares of our age group <laughs> right. in the middle. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, especially if I it's think Drake good. has more pull. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Or if it's anything like the last one. <laughs> I don't even remember. But, oh, but that, that was the Jesus one? Yeah, he released like six songs. But yeah. God, that was and The one before good. that was like a hybrid. You could see he was going that direction. So now it's interesting, like, does he do a hybrid back or does he not change it at all? I think Life of Pablo was the last thing from Kanye that I liked. And I think that's what's going to hurt. No matter what, his release isn't going to be Drake. Because it's been so long since Kanye released a hit album. And like just had a full radio blast and everyone playing his music. I don't remember anything from the Life of Pablo being on the radio. Um... Rihanna sang like a hook. I don't remember either. It yeah. wasn't like God's plan. Yeah, right. Yeah, great point. Good point. Oh, I think now, I think today Drake is a bigger star than Kanye today, no doubt. Um, I yeah. think if you were to ask, you know, who means more to hip hop in total, that would be an interesting debate. But today, the celebrity of Drake is arguably. Uh, unmatched. I will say, not to debunk your theory, but there's no way they both release at the same time because they're oh, both definitely not. UMG, <laughs> oh, UMG definitely would not. not let that happen. Yeah, no, UMG has there. a plan. I have no doubt if this was already planned by Kanye, just trying to build up hype <laughs> because uh, the last album did fall so short. Yeah. It, I could see this coming out like <laughs> Christmas <laughs> at this point. <laughs> oh, man. Well, okay. Well, let us know what you think. Is Chica 100% accurate? Would you take that million-dollar deal? Um, Or, you know, are the record labels not quite always the bad guy? Um, Let us know what you think in the comments or subscribe to our YouTube channel to find some more videos about uh, us diving into the music industry. 
and uh, check out some other episodes here at the Business of Music Podcast. The Business of Music Podcast, presented by DeNovo Agency. DeNovoAgency.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Business of Music Podcast. We love to hear feedback. Shoot us an email to contact at DeNovoAgency.com so we can answer your questions on the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel to learn even more and check out DeNovoAgency.com to see how we can help you grow your music business. Until next time, this has been the Business of Music Podcast.